0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All throughout the college football offseason, we wrote periodic updates at 24-7 sports on California Senate Bill 206. And let me tell you, hardly anyone seemed to care about it. Even just last week, our own Chris Hummer, who we'll talk to in a moment, wrote a well-reported story about SB206 and other factors applying pressure on the NCAA to let up on its hardline position against letting players earn money from their name, image, and likeness. Chris talked to several academics about what might happen if California passes the law allowing NCAA athletes to make money for being famous NCAA athletes. And as I'm recording this five days later, do you know how many page views that article has? 3,116, which in case you have no idea what is a lot of page views for an article, that might as well be zero, frankly. Uh, But less than an hour after Chris's story went up, Tim Tebow went on ESPN's first take and did something that we could not. He found a way to make millions and millions of people care about this story.
1: I feel like I have a little credibility and knowledge about this because when I was at the when I was at the University of Florida, I think my jersey was one of the top selling jerseys around the world. Uh, it was like Kobe, LeBron, and then I was right behind them, and I didn't make a dollar from it. But nor did I want to because I knew going into college what it, what, what it um, what it was all about. I knew going to Florida, my dream school, where I wanted to go, the passion for it, and if I could support my team, support my college, support my university, that's what it's all about. But now we're changing it from us from we from my university from being an alumni where i care which makes college football and college sports special to then okay it's not about us it's not about we it's just about me and yes i know we live in a selfish culture where it's all about us but we're just adding and piling it onto that where it changes what's special about college football we turn it into the nfl where who has the most money that's where you go that's why people are more passionate about college sports than they are about NFL. That's why the, the, um, the stadiums are bigger in college than they are in the NFL because it's about your team. It's about your university. It's about where my family wanted to go. It's about where my grandfather had a dream of seeing Florida win an SEC championship. And you're taking that away so that young kids can earn a dollar. And that's just not where I feel like college football needs to go. That's fair, There's that opportunity in the NFL, that's but fair. not in college football.
0: Since First Take posted that video to Twitter on the morning of September 13, the video has been viewed over 13.9 million times, and suddenly a story that we at 24/7 Sports and many other outlets across the country had been trying to force feed for months to an unwilling audience was, if not for Antonio Brown, maybe the biggest sports story of the week. And perhaps representative of a turning point in the mood about paying collegiate athletes, almost all of the reaction to Tebow was negative. He made the two sides sound mutually exclusive. Correct. He made it sound like you either have to love your school and want to go to your school and be
1: loyal to your school, or you have to take some money for an appearance. Because once you do that, you no longer love your school or want to be at your school. No. Which I think is absurd, quite honestly.
0: You're trying to do this thing where you manipulate people about what they believe and how they feel, not looking at the facts on the ground. You didn't say anything about SB 206. You didn't say anything about how this actually might work in life, you didn't say anything about the underprivileged children that do go to college on scholarships and do still need to make a buck to live on. If there's one media outlet where you could fashion an argument that Tebow's point of view might be most likely to receive a warm reception, it's probably on Fox News, but even when Fox was supposedly grilling its anti-Tebow panelist, the line of questioning was pretty tepid.
1: What about for universities people who make a say lot of that money? the, and I'm not saying I'm saying this because yeah. I don't really have an opinion on this, that, the, um, that college is yeah. the benefit, that that is yeah. you're being paid.
0: The backlash got so severe that three days later, Stephen A. Smith brought the topic back up on first take and told everybody to cut it out.
1: Stephen A, I understand you wanted to follow up on some of the backlash that Tim specifically has been receiving. I'm very disgusted by it.
0: Thibault's most steadfast ally in this debate might have come in the form of Washington State head coach Mike Leach.
1: But the state of California has trouble keeping their streets clean right now, so my thought is is that they probably ought to focus on that. Well,
0: let us now focus on what the state of California is focusing on. Senate Bill 206. Now we're awaiting a signature from Governor Gavin Newsom. To help us understand more about what is actually in the bill and what the consequences of it becoming law would be, I called up 24 7 Sports National College football writer Chris Hummer.
2: Hey, what's up, man?
0: hey, Chris, how's it going? So, I mean, let's back up a minute here and just make sure we're all understanding what exactly. California's SB 206 is and what it as it is currently written would set out to do
2: so the bill known as kind of the fair play to play act is kind of misleading on its own at the beginning um, that's something that I when I talked to people they brought up athletes aren't actually gonna get paid uh, if this bill comes through and we're still waiting on the California governor to sign uh, the bill that the Senate and the State Assembly both passed. But essentially, it's a way for student athletes to more easily profit off their name, image, and likeness. Um, current NCAA restrictions on those avenues of potential profit are extremely, extremely limited. And you have to go through a significant amount of paperwork to even consider putting your likeness out there. A couple Olympic athletes have uh, made money in the past uh, and gone on to still compete in NCAA athletic competitions, but it's extremely rare and we haven't seen anything of the like in football or basketball uh, for forever, essentially, because the NCAA's uh, kind of position on this idea is that any revenue stream for an athlete based off their ability to play athletics could erode the kind of line between professionalism and amateurism. Um, California with this bill is proposing to allow students to essentially make money off their name. So if you're a golfer uh, right now, you're not allowed to uh, put your name out there and advertise lessons as an NCAA collegiate golfer with expertise in the field, because that would be considered um, eroding that line between professionalism and amateurism. Um, and this bill, you would be allowed to do that. You'd be allowed to hire an agent, and you would be allowed to go seek commercials. So, if you're Tuatonga Valoa, uh, one of the most prominent athletes in college athletics, period, with I believe a Twitter following over over five hundred thousand people, you could be like Kirk Herbstreit on Twitter and have uh, promoted ads for products, which is something that's extremely, uh, which is pretty unheard of in college athletics right now. Um, the bill has already been passed by the state assembly unanimously and it was passed by the Senate unanimously. And if it goes through, which it's still awaiting a signature from the governor, um, it would be enacted in 2023 on January 1st. And if that happens, it would essentially put the ball in the NCAA's court the next three years to kind of figure out what they're going to do with this pay to play process, which could be Anything from enacting their own set of rules that is similar to what California is proposing, or it could more likely mean what the NCAA has done historically, which is head to court.
0: So, yeah, as it stands right now, it seems like the NCAA's position on this is, okay, well, they've – Asked California not to pass it, but it seems like their position is, but if you do pass this, we are just going to do our usual impermissible benefits investigation thing and make your athletes ineligible and your schools ineligible for postseason competition and all that, right?
2: Yeah, so essentially the NCAA sent a letter to the California governor, Gavin Newsom, urging him not to sign it, but really it was a threat. The NCAA was saying that this would erase the critical distinction between college and professional athletics. And ultimately, since California-based schools, I believe there are four in the Pac-12 and a number in the Mountain West, would have such a significant recruiting advantage, they would be barred from NCAA competitions. So you'd be talking about, at least if the NCAA follows through on its threat, over 24,000 student-athletes not being eligible to compete in competitions And that includes every sport, water polo. UCLA is a very prominent water polo team. And many of the kind of, I don't want to say lesser sports, but lesser followed sports in college athletics have powerhouses in California. And it would significantly across the board if the NCAA followed through on its threat um, change college athletics. So
0: they're not even saying just your student athletes that make money off of their likeness because presumably that's not going to be 100% of every student athlete, but they, the NCAA is saying that we're just going to make a blanket. Any school that's participating in this, all of your athletes are ineligible.
2: Yeah. Cause I, I know rules recru- with the NCAA are different across every sport, but in this case, they're saying it would be such a big recruiting advantage for California based schools as opposed wow. to everyone else. They would just make everybody ineligible.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, So, so the state of California, let's say they go ahead and sign this into law. Is it, I mean, so is it then would, do we know anything about whether schools would have to like opt in or is it just if this bill passes, everybody from Cal to UCLA to Southern Cal is immediately ineligible or is it if you decide like okay I'm gonna participate in this or, or I don't know does that make sense
2: I mean yeah I, I don't know if the NCA is gonna write off the top rope saying in three, like they are out of this competition in three years right now there's a lot of time to work but one thing the NCA is is an association it's essentially a conglomerate a, a conglomerate of every school and every member association conference so The NCAA, while important and while extremely powerful, is ultimately just a figurehead for conferences and presidents at schools. So if the Pac-12 decided that if these four California schools can do this and the Pac-12 ultimately decided they wanted to change the rules individually, at least as some experts in the field explained it to me, the NCAA would not really have a choice because the Pac-12 can essentially just form its own little bubble and pursue um, this option on their own. So if that happens, the NCA is likely forced to examine its rules, and I would imagine we would see a pretty quick change in how the NCA operates. But that I mean, there are lots of dominoes that could fall here. If that happens, uh, the NCA will likely go to court and challenge that these laws um, are illegal on the bounds that a state can't. Dictate what a national organization can do. Um, there's lots that goes into it, but there is a there's a scenario in which a conference kind of takes control of this and attacks it on its own, as opposed to the NCAA as a whole. But that would that would cause a lot of issues with relationships with the conferences from the NCA. Uh, so this this particular bill could have wide-reaching uh, impacts on college athletics for sure.
0: Yeah, and. Like you point out NCAA, in addition to being these, this enforcement arm of college athletics is also organization like made up of schools like USC, UCLA. So if suddenly a significant portion of the NCAA's membership falls underneath this, and if if such a law were to pass in other places where it's up for consideration in places like South Carolina, like... You might be in a situation where, okay, do you have to react and rethink your policies based on the needs of your membership, which are affected by this?
2: Yeah. And it it is important to point out that the NCAA is currently I believe it was this March. The NCAA announced a working group that would examine the idea of likeness and image uh, and name in college athletics Um, that kind of came as a reaction to a couple of state and federal bills being proposed addressing that issue. Essentially, it's not like the NCAA was out at the forefront of this. They were kind of backpedaling a little bit and figuring out a way to react to some of this legislation that's being attempted to push through. They announced a working group that includes uh, Connelisa Rice and a number of other people on the Board of Governors, and they are scheduled to present their final findings to the NCAA Board of Governors in October. So, we will have a better understanding of what the NCA is going to do as a reaction Um, come October. I think right now what you're seeing is the NCA is essentially handling this with two very different tactics. On one hand, they are addressing the issue and looking at the issue with a group of experts and they are prepared to at least make a proposal on that side of things. Whereas on the other direction, if things maybe don't go the way they want, they're also, trying to strong arm states and um, legislators in terms of how they should kind of run their government, essentially. And that side of things could result in um, court battles down the line. So it I guess it really just depends on what um, NCAA President Mark Emmert and the Board of Governors chooses to do come October. And that'll determine a lot of uh, how this situation will play out.
0: So One of the things that I I, I think we were talking off air, you mentioned that you saw the video of Tim Tebow on first take. And I think, well, I think, first of all, I think a lot of the reaction to that video has been very negative and critical of Tebow, but I think what maybe he's channeling there is this (laughs) fear that even if, uh, even among people who maybe agree that we need to, pay players or at least find some way to compensate them more fairly than what we're doing now it's like even as we're doing that and doing something that we think is right are we changing the sport in a way where it might we might never get it back we might never see the sport again the way we've come to know and love it do you i don't know do you do you think we're heading that way where a a change like this could just fundamentally change the way the sport works
2: yeah, that's, it's an interesting question, and I thought the reaction to Tim Tebow was was quite compelling on its own. I think it was very much split along how people lean politically in terms of how you viewed and how you heard Tim Tebow's comments. And I, I would say about Tebow's comments, he was talking about, and I believe he was asked about specifically about playing players. Under the California bill, the one that is being proposed, schools are not actually paying players. They are merely merely allowing student athletes to go out and seek their own kind of endorsement deals and their own monetary streams. So it wouldn't exactly be paying players in those situations. But you do run into questions about boosters essentially paying a kid a hundred thousand dollars to stand in front of a car dealership for fifteen minutes. But that that's a separate conversation. What with what you're saying, I think I think you do definitely run the risk of the sport changing, but I don't, and this might be too opinionated on my part, but like, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing when for a long time, student athletes, in my opinion, at least a little bit have been taken advantage of by having the right to their own name taken away from them. Like, I, I I don't know if I'm necessarily in favor of paying players straight up. They do are compensated in a scholarship and that's a valuable thing as somebody with, student loans still from college like I know the value of a scholarship but I know the value of having your education paid for but no other person on a college campus is allowed to is not allowed to use their image or their likeness to create money like a music student uh, is perfectly free to go play shows whereas a uh, college athlete is not allowed to do anything of the sort so in that way I think it's moving in the right direction and I I do think it would change things significantly I think the level of parity Uh, between Power Five programs would uh, lessen. I think you would see uh, schools in the non-Power Five leagues become less and less competitive because they simply just can't afford to pay for those players. But sometimes things have to change in the way of progress. And I think what you're seeing now is society addressing this issue because the NCAA did not. And this is just the way public sentiment is moving and eventually it was going to anyway. So this is just that first step, I think. Yeah, th- this is this is coming whether the NCAA wants to be a part of it or not, and it, it just it it you're either going to be on one side of it when it happens or you're not because it this is this this is starting its way down the tracks. If There's no way. You got the about it.
0: world's smallest violin out right now. Be prepared to get it stepped on because this is coming. Whether you want it or not. And you can either get on board with what is right and what is true so that the next generation can be better off than you were, or you can be the old man yelling at his clouds and get frozen out by if the If you ain't
1: come from a, from a struggling family, and you don't, if you ain't never needed money, then don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. All right? Leave it alone.
0: Speaking of Tim Tebow, Florida might be using a two quarterback system not wholly unlike the one that Urban Meyer employed during the 2006 season alternating between Tim Tebow and Chris Leak. Here's what Dan Mullen had to say about Kyle Trask and Emery Jones on Tuesday.
1: I expect expect us to play both guys. In a combination of it, you know, and for, for several different reasons. One, I think they bring something a little different to the table, uh, not just in running plays, but even how they run certain plays. They get a little bit different weapon. I think now uh, you went from having <clears throat> two experienced, you would hope, two experienced backups to two inexperienced starters. You know, so we've got to get those guys in the game and get them reps and get them, you know, uh, comfortable. Uh, but every time both of them have been in the game, they've performed at a pretty high level for us. So, um, you know, you're comfortable with that. But now it's a little different role, and you got to have both of them continue to get ready to go.
0: We also found out on Wednesday that HBO's college football answer to Hard Knocks will debut on October 2nd, focusing on the Florida Gators in the lead-up to their game against Towson. Then October 9th, we'll get a look at Penn State as they prepare for Purdue. On October 16th, we'll look at Arizona State as they get ready to play Washington State. And then on October 23rd, we'll get Mike Leach in the Washington State Cougars in the lead-up to their game against Colorado. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, we ask that you do one thing this week to help us build our audience, whether that's telling a friend or family member about the show or leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We are trying to do more episodes like the one we did today where we go deeper on one topic while staying true to our mission to get you caught up on the biggest stories of the day. All of the biggest stories of the day. If you have suggestions for topics you'd like us to dive into, leave a note to that effect in your Apple podcast review, which in case you didn't know, you can update at any time. I'm Connor Tapp and we'll see you bright and early on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.